0: and our children's children, what it once was like in America when men were free.
1: Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio. And this is our New Year's Eve edition. So we've got a little bit of Old Lang Syne playing in the background. And a lot of different versions uh, in, in each of our break segments. Uh, it's kind of fun. Checking out all that music, finding it out there on the interwebs. And uh, I am Cheryl. We've got Dan here in the studio as well.
2: Welcome to the second hour. Just uh, We are pre-recorded today because uh, it is New Year's Eve.
1: Absolutely. So... Waiting on the line, we have a friend of ours. We've had him on a couple of times, and we thought it would be great to bring him on. Lars Dale's side, um, he is with, uh, he's a spokesman with the NRA ILA, and our theme today is Raising Baby New Year, and so I thought it'd be good to kind of pick Lars's brain and see what do we anticipate for 2017 as far as our gun rights go. I mean, the forecast seems pretty pretty good. But what Dan and I actually are worried about is that people that are passionate about their Second Amendment rights might feel like, all right, everything's in hand. I can just kind of take a break, take a nap, and and let the powers that be that we elected just kind of run with it. And I, I I don't think that's really the smartest plan. Lars, are you with us?
3: I'm with you, and I agree totally and completely.
1: Well, welcome to the show. Now, talk to us about that. I mean, what are some of the challenges that we have facing us, and why can't we just take a nap?
3: Well, a lot of people are feeling comfortable right now with the election of Donald Trump, who's definitely a Second Amendment supporter. They feel good, great, everything is in hand. But it doesn't just stop there. It's not just with what the President of the United States can do. And Lord knows there's a lot for him to do when it comes to helping to protect the Second Amendment rights. There's stuff that happens on the local level. There's stuff that happens on the state level. And these are all things that have to be considered When you're looking at to what is going to happen to the Second Amendment rights overall, because you never know where something is going to come up. There's issues that will come up in state legislatures. There will be ballot initiatives. There will be town councils that are going to pass restrictions. And these are all things that people have to keep their eyes and ears open for.
2: So what can we do about that, Lars? I mean, we've got Bloomberg. He's going to be attacking all of our states trying to get laws changed. Culturally speaking, I think, is where he's going to attack. What do you think
1: about that?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. And the the thing that you have to do, I mean, I'll tell you, from my standpoint, and I know this might sound like I'm I'm, uh, beating the dead horse, but if you go to our website, nraila.org, you can keep up to date with the latest and greatest of what's going on. We try to watch out for everything that's happening in all 50 states to make sure that the gun owners out there are informed of what is happening. And once you know what is happening, you can attend those town council meetings. You'll know what state reps that you need to contact if there's something going on, or you know what governor to call or email when things are happening. Staying informed about what is happening is by far your best weapon when it comes to this fight.
1: Well, I could not possibly agree more. I mean, our, our whole theme here is to engage, educate, and inform. And, you know, in our backyard, we're sitting here in Arizona. So in our backyard in Tucson, Arizona, which, you know, people think of as, you know, the Wild West, Right. It's not so wild Westy anymore. They it, they have elected a whole bunch of people to the city council, who have made it their uh, plan to any gun that is confiscated as part of any crime, to destroy that. Not just
2: crime, Cheryl, but any gun confiscated for any reason.
1: Right, and so instead of you know using that asset and helping the city that's almost bankrupt.
2: They are costing the city even more money fighting this legal battle. Because the state says they can't destroy the guns, but the city is saying they're going to anyway.
1: And so I'm saying, what other asset do they do that with? Do they, do they destroy cars that are confiscated? Do they destroy cash that's confiscated? I think no. And so I think it's these sorts of things that you're talking about we need to keep our, our fingers on and our, our e- eyes peeled to, Right.
3: That's exactly, that is a fantastic point. And you're right. A lot of people think the further west you go, until you get to California, of course, uh, that the, right. the more people are when it comes to gun rights. But what you're fighting right there in Tucson is exactly what we're seeing happen in Pennsylvania and New York and a number of uh, other states, or at least cities within those states, that have these type of regulations that when they confiscate a gun that has been used illegally that they're destroying them now there are tons of people we have federally licensed firearms dealers we have people with their concealed carry permits we have people that have passed background checks time and again that are more than willing to go to these type of auctions Mm -hmm. and purchase these firearms and with that if when that happens, then these budget shortfalls that the city has when it comes to getting another police cruiser, when it comes to upgrading the jails, when it comes to hiring a few more officers, those shortfalls aren't there anymore. It's an asset. Just like you said, they're not melting down jewelry
2: mm-hmm. and
3: you know building statues out of it. They're not burning the cash. There's no need to destroy these firearms. It's not as if they did something wrong.
2: Well, and that's, you know, one thing to let the listeners know is that the guns that are sold at auction are going to dealers that have to uh, do the background checks. And so the guns are not going to criminals.
1: Right. So the message is, once again, the tool itself is bad and evil and, you know, somehow imbued with with something terrible instead of understanding that it is it is just a thing like a car. And so why not sell it? Why not uh, put the money back into the system? So it is a political statement. I I have to believe that.
3: Well, without a doubt. And, of course, there's no way that a gun sold at a police auction or the the person who buys that gun isn't going to be run through the next background check system Uh, i mean that's that's exactly what they're going to do first and foremost they're going to run the background check on these people to make sure that they're legally allowed to give them the firearm because the police officers running this thing definitely don't want to be breaking the law to begin with it's as you said it's a cultural thing that we're seeing that's going out and it's getting into some of the bigger cities and even the Western and the Southern States. And if we're going to hang on to that type of heritage that we have, mm-hmm. where people believe in the right to defend themselves, mm-hmm. then that's of those are the type of things that we're going to have to fight. Well,
1: on the very side of the the debate, right? The, the rights restrictors, the anti-gun side that is so uh, all for this universal background check, Right. If they're so for that, then why wouldn't they embrace selling these firearms through a system that is dictated, mandated through a background check system? So they either believe in it or they don't. Pick a
3: side. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And it, it's, it's part of the reasons where when you hear these arguments, a lot of the times when you hear the gun control side speak to their issue. They're going to talk towards the cultural side. They're going to talk towards the emotional side, and they're going to get away from the facts. Mm -hmm. And the facts are that the law-abiding gun owner out there is a good person to have as a friend, as a neighbor, as a member of the community. These are people who are responsible, who are Good citizens, taxpaying citizens, more than happy to go out there and do their part for the community in whatever way that might be, and to restrict their rights and their ability to defend their family and home. The only thing that does is sell a political message. It doesn't make anybody safer, and it's not going to keep the bad guys away.
2: So, Lars, what does how what does the ILA actually do? I mean, do they work with city level, state level? and federal level, what do they do?
3: I know. It's one of those things. When I first started working here, friends and family were always asking, like, what? What are, what are you doing? <laughs> well, most people, you say the NRA, and they think about the political machine. Right. They, they think that it's this, you know, here we are in a, a six-story building in the outskirts of northern Virginia, not far from Washington, D.C., And uh, the ILA is the Institute for Legislative Action, and that is actually the political side of the NRA. The other five floors here at the building, that's on the program side of the NRA. So with the NRA ILA, we deal with the political issues on the state, city and federal levels. So if something is going on, if something is happening, then we're the ones that are out there. We have our representatives, we have our lobbyists, we have the people that are volunteers that are on the ground that notify us when things are happening if we don't know right off the bat, so we can get people out there to rally support for the law-abiding gun owner.
2: So if if in my city... There was a gun issue that came up that I thought was going to be a big issue. We, we would contact the ILA, and they would
4: help oh, definitely. us with
2: that?
3: Okay. Definitely, definitely. If there's something coming up, i uh, tell you the, the primary number that you should call is 703-267-1170. And they'll be happy to put you in touch with the right people to rally support or to let you know that we're on top of it and you're going to see something happen there.
2: And that's why we need to remind our listeners that we need to be careful who we vote, even for um, the smallest level of office. Absolutely. City
1: council, mayors, all those uh, positions matter because they will keep climbing up the ladder. There's a lot of local positions that they don't even declare their candidates. Uh, party affiliation and you have to dig for that information and so you think they're they're your good buddy whatever they're great you vote them in well the next thing you know they're they're going for you know state senator right now it really matters
3: right yeah you never know how someone is going to rise and and for us overall be they Republican, Democrat, or independent, we could care less about what the party affiliation is. We are a single issue organization, and like that's the that. Second Amendment. A lot of people sit there and say, oh, the NRA, they're that uh, Republican conservative organization. So, no, no, we endorse Democrats, we endorse Republicans, we endorse independents, we endorse who we believe is the best candidate for whatever office that might be at that time, mm-hmm. depending on what their record is when it comes to supporting the Second Amendment.
1: That's a. Perfect distinction. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it really does come down to, um, you know, that the Second Amendment is not a left or right issue. It is a constitutional issue, and the Constitution belongs to everyone. So. Lars, we've got to run, but thank you so much for taking the time and and coming on. We've got to have you on more often, I think. What do you
3: think? Well, I'm here whenever you need me, Cheryl.
1: I love it. Well, thanks again. Happy New Year. And I know we'll be seeing you in, in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks at the SHOT Show, right?
3: One can only hope.
1: All right. God willing and the creek don't rise, huh?
3: (laughs) So you got me there. (laughs) Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year.
1: All right. Well stick around because we have Minister Jazz coming up. Now, Minista is the conflict de-escalation specialist that works with the Black Guns Matter organization. And we've had uh, the founder of that, Maj Teray, on a couple of times. This is a great group doing some really important work. So stick around. We're going to learn some things on the other side of this Cajun version of Old Lang Syne and these commercials.
4: When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona, for some live auction action, or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com.
1: Welcome back to the New Year's edition of Gun Freedom Radio where we engage, we educate and we inform. Cheryl, this is making me a little sleepy. <laughs> It is It is a slower version. Well, we went out to commercial with the Cajun version, and that was like a yeehaw. So I thought, well, let's simmer it back down a little bit. Um, we are sponsored oh, by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And our theme today is... Raising Baby New Year and uh, thinking about, you know, what what has passed, what is to come. And uh, I was excited to be able to connect with our next guest because I think anytime you can learn some new skills and take those into the new year with you, that's a win right there. And so, Minister Jazz, she is the Black Gun Matter Movement's De-Escalation Specialist. She educates and engage, engages traditionally oppressed communities about their rights as U.S. citizens, particularly regarding the Second Amendment. And uh, we are just excited to bring you on. Are you with us, Minister? I am here.
5: I am right here. And you don't have to worry. I am also known as a spark star. So you don't have to be bored, Dan. We're going to get excited. We're going to get hyped. <laughs> oh, I'm,
2: I'm not, I, am, I am super not bored.
1: In
0: fact, I want to know,
2: how did you get involved
1: with Black Guns Matter? Yeah, that's a great organization doing, I mean, just incredible work that's so, so needed out there. So how did you get connected? And I love that spark star. I mean, that will wake you up. I mean, hello. Yeah. So, how did you get connected with, uh, with Maj, Teray, and, and Black Guns Matter?
5: I've been uh, I've known Maj Teray for some time now, and in, interesting enough, uh, way back in the day, we had um, opposing views about uh, how to approach violence. And just as maturity happens and life happens, we've come closer and closer and closer together. As I've seen the need for protection in a um, in a way, and he's also seen the need for. Um, you know, de-escalation and conflict resolution and, you know, and it's just like roads crossed at the perfect time. And here we are um, just really supporting communities and a holistic approach.
1: Well, I just absolutely love that. And I think relationships that start that way are some of the richest because, you know, you've gone through the fire together, right? And okay, so you definitely. you both know what you really value and you can uh, value that in someone else. Without shifting from your position. And I think that that maybe is one of the skills that we're losing somehow in, in our modern world. Because, you know, when you look on Facebook, that's such a perfect example. It's like everybody's just about mic drop moments, you know, and flaming at <laughs> each other. And it's like, you know, they just want to talk at They don't want to actually conversate and share ideas. So how do you then step into that uh, mainstream kind of thinking and culture and make any headway?
5: Yeah, well, when you think about what the word conflict means, it means to strike against or to strike with. So that's what you're having. You're having um, people opposing each other. And not opening up to the possibility of how can we work together? How can I hear you? And so coming from a perspective of let's listen to each other. Let's understand and identify the needs of one another so that we can get through this as opposed to, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, and it has to be my way or the highway. And that's where conflict continues continuously happens, is when people take a stance, and they live inside of that stance, for on and on and on and on, not realizing that things can change, things have changed, and then how can we make those changes so that we can have a win-win conversation? You were speaking about winning in the new year. And a lot of us, we come from a perspective of, win-lose. You know, I Mm -hmm. have to win. You have to lose in order for me to win. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. And conflict resolution and de-escalation teaches us how to create win-win situations so that everyone gets to go.
1: Absolutely. And I just, it really, everything is a zero-sum game, it seems like. And if you even nod your head in, in acknowledgement to your opponent, like, okay, I hear the words coming out of your mouth that you're afraid to even do that because it with the mindset that it's a win-lose, if you even nod your head, it's like, okay, you agree with me. I win. And and we're <laughs> done with this conversation. And, and it's like, no, we're, we're at the very beginning of the conversation. I'm just opening my mind to hearing what you have to say. Uh, but it's like it's terrifying to us to, to even open uh, in that what? way.
5: I'm glad that you used the word fear, Um, you know, and I talk about moving too fast. And a lot of times that's where uh, the most, where accidents happen, where violence goes to the next level is when someone's moving too fast, not taking the time to listen. And fast is the acronym for fear. Anxiety, stress, and tension. And when people feel any of those things within themselves, within their bodies, within their minds, they move too fast, and then things escalate. Things go to the next level. And you know, and all puns intended. I want you people to just get a grip, right? So it's like (laughs) get right in your perspective. Right? Mm -hmm. Just think about what is actually happening now. Not bringing all of my baggage, all of my weight to the situation, and having like you know. So you have you think that your your opponent, quote unquote is just one person but really they are army of a hundred minds all of their experiences from the past their you know their life experiences and then their ancestral experiences are coming at you and then the other side that's the same thing and it's just like if we can just get a grip and just acknowledge what's happening in the moment right now how about i can listen to you and then i can nod in acknowledgement and then we can have an understanding and then we can move forward that's not what's happening. You are so correct, Cheryl, when you say, you know, it's just like, oh, you acknowledge me. Okay, I won, you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's such a, um,
1: a immature stance it in really regards is. to uh,
5: how to how to approach life, you know, and
1: even if the acknowledgement is okay, we agree that we disagree and we agree to disagree there. I think there's nothing wrong with that because you, you kind of live to, to fight another day. Um, And if you can allow the person that's on the opposite side to really feel heard, then if that person does find themselves wanting to explore your side, you're a much safer Mm -hmm. outlet for that. You're a much safer place for them to go to say, well, you know, that one thing you said, I want to, I kind of want to agree with that, but I don't want to give up my position right away. Right. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. would be the person that they would come to. How powerful is that? It is so powerful,
5: Cheryl. You, you must have read one of my um, many books uh, because it is about being safe. And to me, safe stands for stop, assess, feel, and then express. So if you can just stop for a moment so many times we're just going 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 and it's about feeling safe so that if you could get to a place where you like can stop and just assess what's happening feel and then determine how is that feeling and then i can express that to you in a way where we're not now against or at odds you know um it, this this, uh, this term agree to disagree thing, I think uh, we use that and then we walk away still feeling remorse, or we walk away still feeling resentment. Mm. And that resentment carries onto another conversation. So, you know, it's really about understanding to a point where I don't have to use your strategy in order to get my need met, but trusting that your strategy is the best strategy for you at this time until you learn a different way and this is my strategy. And if we can look at it, the- Things and look at things from that perspective of everyone has, you know, they're trying to get from point A to point B the best way they know how. So many times it's like, if you don't take point A to point B the same route that I take it, then you're completely wrong. You know what I mean? So I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to walk away and I'm not, you know, and I have all of this resentment for you not taking the same route that I took. When in actuality, if I can just say, hey, oh, that's your strategy? Cool. That's cool for you. This is my strategy. Oh, wow, that's cool. Let me see how that works out for you. Let me see how that works out for you. And then it's just like, oh, you know what? You actually got there a little bit quicker, more efficiently. But that's where people need to open up. And that's where mindfulness comes in, is just being able to be safe stop for a minute, right? Assess what's happening, you know, feel how I'm feeling and then express how I'm feeling. And if we can do that and look and say, oh, wow, that's an interesting strategy that you're using there. It's not about right and wrong. It's not about good and evil. It's about effective and ineffective. And if we can just all commit to taking the most effective path, then we'll be, we'll have a lot, you know, a lot more in common. (laughs) We'll have a lot less to fight about. You know, but everyone wants to just be, this is the good way, this is the bad way. I you love know? it. And, and those polar those opposites are going to continuously get us in trouble over and over and over again when it comes to violence and escalating situations.
1: That is perfect. And, you know, we've got to run to commercial and we're going to come back and mm. talk with you some more. But uh, okay. when you were saying all that, the vision I had in my head, because you like you were talking about, well, you take this path and I'll take that path. We'll see mm-hmm. how it works out. Mm-hmm. Is the map on my my smartphone? Right, so even the yes. I don't know if it's Google Maps, I don't know what map it is, but it gives you like three different options how to get to a place. Right, it, yeah. so yes. just just as a visual to have in your mind that it, one's not wrong, one's not right.
5: It's just different. It's just paths. another alternative. It's just a you different have a different path. iPhone
1: exactly. than I have. <laughs> yeah, Dan Dan always tells the iPhone that it's wrong. You know, it's like shut up, Siri. So
5: <laughs> I know where yeah, I'm going. and then you know, and then it leaves him feeling all stressed out. Exactly. Exactly. Because now you have a tool that's not working for you. So I get it, Dan. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right. Well, stick around because we've got a couple of quick commercials, and when we come back, we're going to dig a a little deeper into the topic of conflict de escalation with Minister Jazz of Black Guns Matter. Stick around.
4: The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today.
0: Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by AZFirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop, and we're talking today. With a spark star, I don't know why I keep playing these these sad sl- yeah. slow versions of Auld Lang sign. Sounds like I'm traveling in space without No, I should. My goodness, I didn't line that up very well. And then we're going to introduce you to Minister Jazz, the Spark Star. Man, I
2: I set the tone all wrong. <laughs> well, welcome back to the show,
1: Minister. Thank
2: Minister, you. And hey, hey, welcome. Hey, I want to ask you, there's a lot of, we might have listeners that don't know what Black Guns Matter uh, organization or movement is about. So could you kind of explain Mm -hmm. what it is and what you guys, what is your goal? What is, what is it you want to do?
5: Wake people up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, um, (laughs) so it, you know, ironically, and and no accidents at all, uh, your tagline, we educate, we, say say it to me, Cheryl, because when you said it, I was like, yes. Yeah, yes, it, engage educate and inform. Uh-huh. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. However, um, we're doing it in a way where we're talking to traditionally oppressed communities where they wouldn't get this information readily and or they wouldn't even know where to look for it mm-hmm. and or they wouldn't even know that it's just available. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, we go into neighborhoods and communities, um, and we, you know, just engage them in a way on their on hook them at where they are. And, you know, let's all come up together so that we can have a different outcome,
1: particularly in oppressed communities. So so, so teaching people about their, their Second Amendment rights, just their constitutional mm-hmm. rights, just things that, that they've been disconnected from
2: generationally a lot of times
1: exactly so exactly what do you, so i mean what do you it, do,
2: though? how do you how do you get ahead. the people there do you, do you say okay i'm gonna go into this area i'm gonna do what how am i gonna get them to listen to me well they listen because we are them
5: yes um, you it. know um, <laughs>
1: exactly
5: like there's no there's no disconnect and uh, you know one of my um you know, things is community engagement, right? How do you engage in community? Do you embrace them as they are? And we approach not trying to change you, but to enhance, mm-hmm. right? We're bringing something to the table and we're learning from you. What are your needs? That's one of the begin- beginnings of any conversation. If I can understand what your real needs are, your genuine concerns, then I'm bringing that to the table, you know, and where you are fed, you will you know, get nourished, nice. you know, so it's like, I'm not going to eat what I don't want. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat what I already have, you know, if, mm-hmm. I, if I already have tons of that. So we're bringing new information and we're bringing it in a way where it's attractive and people are like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They didn't even know they were thirsty until we offered the drink. Right. So that's how we get them to show up. Well, <laughs> it you know, makes sense.
2: Our gun shop is in a, what I would call in a kind of an oppressed area. And we Uh have people that come in. Some of them are afraid to come in. And and we may not be able to communicate with that community well because they don't see us as part of of them. So I understand that. And I think it's a great thing that you're doing. And there are people that have needs in these communities, really have needs, but they have no idea what or how to do it. They think they're not allowed to have guns. They think that they don't know how to operate guns. There's so much to it. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing with that.
1: Well, thank
5: in- you. And that's the that's the, that's the the key. It's just like that fear of I'm not even allowed. Like, where did that conversation come from, mm-hmm. right? And right. so it, it goes generationally over and over and over again. And then there's this huge disconnect of what a firearm is actually used for, what the purpose mm-hmm. of it is. You know, you're looking on television and there's this stereotype. And then it's just like, well, I'm not that, so I don't need it. And, you know, and then that's where you know the the fallacy begins
1: absolutely well i don't want to get through our our interview and not talk about your spark star academy so talk to us about that really quickly <laughs> and then i want to go back to what it is you're you're teaching and maybe it's the same thing with the black ends it is
5: it really is. So, um, with Sparkstar Academy, I am, gen- I am, um, specifically targeting youth, um, between the ages of 11 and 17 to understand qualities of mindfulness, to understand qualities of um, conflict resolution within themselves, and then so that they can create that in their communities. Uh, You know, so many times we go out and we're experiencing adults that have had these behaviors for so long. So my thought was, why not reach them? Before it gets, you know, ingrated as a becomes a bone of, you know, how it 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 needs to be while it's still cartilage level. Mm-hmm. Let's embrace these spark stars and get them understanding what it means to to uh, to have conflict resolution, to approach situations with confidence, to you know speak with um, you know total inspiration and and, and 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 inspire others to do the same. So that's what it means to be a spark star, and so just reaching these youth in a in a powerful way so that they can understand who they are their rights and what is possible for them
2: you know the kids are grown up with a uh, family that are se- separated or divorced because they the parents alone didn't know how to do cl- conflict resolution if we don't know how to do conflict right. resolution we're not going to make it i mean a couple will right. not make it and so how no do you who teach we that to the so, kids and
1: so how, i love right. the idea of your academy tell folks how they can find out about your academy well, definitely visit um,
5: ministerjazz.com, wwwm If you People here say minister, they think in E-R, but it's ministerjazz, m-i-n-i-s-t-a-jazz.com for more information on Sparkstar Academy, which will be launching in February 2017.
2: Min- minister, can I ask you, how, how did you, the name? Tell us about the name. I have to know. Okay? Really quickly. It's cool. It's cool. Really I like it, quickly. but I just want to know.
5: Really quickly, uh, if you are a, uh, anywhere, hip-hop in the 80s, um, KRS-One, Living Legend, uh, I, I work with him. And he actually gave me the name Minister Jazz. I love it. Well, I'm
2: 61 yeah. now.
5: Minister means simply to serve.
1: Okay.
2: I'm I'm love 61 it. now, and my music is mostly that. Yeah. My what, My oh. daughter, <laughs> my daughter, she'll hear me. Sp- Play a country song, and then that will come on, and she'll go, "Dad, he's whoop, are you okay?" Very varied. <laughs> <laughs> I love that
1: music. He's he's got a wide variety. I mean, one minute it's chamber music, and then the next minute it's hip hop, and it's just everything That's in like between. Me. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well That's like Me too. That's
5: like me too. <laughs> love it. Well,
1: I I don't want to run out of time, but that clock just keeps ticking. So w- ah. we were talking beforehand about trauma influenced action. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where does that come from? And you had a catalyst uh, event in your life that kind of puts you on this path of helping people to to reorder their thoughts and, and their reactions. So can you tell us yes. a little bit about that?
5: Definitely. Sure. So at, in life, we reach choice points. We reach places where we have to make a decision, and it's up to us to say, are we going to make the same decision that we've always made to get us to this place, or are we going to try something different? When I was 17, really young, um, to make the story super quick, um, I was abducted and um, put in a basement, left for, uh, I guess, the, 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 the takings of someone that had just recently was released from jail. Um, and his friends thought it would be a good idea to abduct someone so that he can uh, have sex with and do whatever oh. he wanted to with the person. Oh, so and sorry. that person happened to be me. Oh, and um, in that moment, terrified, afraid, just something spoke to me and said, just get to know him, um, understand him. Talk to him. Don't be afraid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so hard to like to say, "Don't be afraid," and you're afraid. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, how can I not be afraid? Well, genuinely being, um, authentically interested in who this person was outside of all of the labels that was making me afraid. I had to realize that human to human, I wasn't afraid. I'm not afraid of your heartbeat. I'm not afraid of your blood. I'm not afraid of your breath, but I'm afraid of the labels. So let's get back to the basics of the beat, blood, breath. What makes your heart beat? right? What makes you breathe another day? What makes you tick? Right. And, and I had that conversation with this person and it was like a breath of fresh air for him. Right. He realized that no one had ever took the time to care. And after about eight, nine, 10 hours of being locked in this basement with him, you know, he tried and, but I just kept bringing it back to the deep blood breath and he let me go.
0: Wow.
5: He let me go. And I stood there and I was just like, wow, what happened? What happened? Complete shock. So that was a choice point. I could have gotten very like hard, and you know, I hate men, and you know, everyone's out to get me, and on you know, and go on a tirade in that way, and or I became who I became, the spark star, which is like, how can I inspire other people to be genuinely um, open to who it is that someone else is in order to ease the pain of all of the labels and things that people carry carry, getting back to the basics of just being a human being and our similarities and how that can dissolve the hurt and heal the hurt.
1: That is an incredible yeah. story. I am just blown away by that. And I mean you you humanized him, you humanized yeah. yourself and uh you know, knowing that you went through that and were able at seventeen to figure that out yeah. and, and get yourself out of that horrible situation I would imagine that you you hear the victim-minded uh, rhetoric out there as maybe not offensive, because you don't sound like you're someone who takes offense but as ridiculous as it is and, and as an opportunity. Well, I just learned that
5: that was what people's strategy has become, right? So that's the path that they've taken that on that, when, that, when that moment happened. Because if you go back to when we were all five years old, Cheryl, we didn't have all of this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> We didn't have all of that. All right. So, then, agreed. so between the ages of five and, I guess, like 11 and 15 or 21, we came across choice points. And we began to choose whether we were going to be hard or we were going to be human. Hmm. And the more times you choose to be hard as a protection, you, you know, you would you get that armor of hardness and then, so I'm not, I don't feel like people are ridiculous for choosing that path. I just feel like they didn't know another way. So I'm more compassionate. And it's with that compassion that those layers of the armor can come off. And when you can hear enough people say, hey, with compassion, with understanding, with empathy, you can be human again. You can open up again. You will begin to trust that path and try a different strategy. But enough of us have to be courageous enough and brave enough to do that and show up in that way and that spectacular way that will lighten the path for other people.
1: I love it. We have got to run. And I, I hate it because I want to talk more with you. I, I want to explore this some more. <laughs> well, we got to be
5: back on show. I, no problem. <laughs> you you are
1: invited back on. We will find a date. I love it. And, <laughs> and you were uh, the third part of our four part series on conflict de-escalation. And I yeah. know that what you have offered people today is going to enrich their 2017. It's up to them to allow it to. Right.
5: Yes, it it totally is up to you to allow the information and inspiration that you've experienced to, to help you to make a different choice. And I hope that everyone listening to the sound of my voice chooses. Human chooses the beat, blood, breath, and chooses to move on spartaculum in 2017.
1: I love it. And they can find you. Tell us again, real quickly, before we run away.
5: MinisterJazz.com. M-I-N-I-S-T-A-J-A-Z-Z.com. You can leave me a message if you want any more information. Reach me directly. I'm totally accessible. And through Black Guns Matter Movement. Fantastic.
1: Yes. Fantastic. Thank you again so much, and Happy New Year, Minister Jazz. New
5: Year to you, show. Bye-bye, showing and Dan.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right, stick around, because on the other side of this break, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. Um, stick around.
4: Hi, folks. I'm Don Carter here. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too.
6: Come listen to the
4: Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at SelfDefenseGunStories.com.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And I'm awake again. And you're awake again. And that is the that is the version of Auld Lang Syne I should have had on for Minister Jazz, the Spark Star. Instead, I had all that, you know, sad, slow, sleepy, jazzy version. So <laughs> i got to think these things through a little bit better in the future. Well, we are sponsored by AZFirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are wrapping up our uh, 2016 New Year's Eve edition of Gun Freedom Radio. And uh, one of the things that we we always say, this is one of our favorite uh, segments, is because we get to bring you stories of responsibly armed citizens.
0: Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way.
1: Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. This story that we're about to play for you. This is a story to keep in mind all through the new year. Every time you hear someone call for common sense gun reform, I want you to remember this story. It is also for anyone who asks, who needs a gun? And for those who give naive platitudes, such as, if something happens, just call the police. You see, danger relies on the laws that restrict our access to defensive tools because he has no intention of following them, and he knows that you and I will. Danger loves the voices out there that try to shame law-abiding people from owning firearms. And Danger embraces and cheers for the anti-gun politicians who help make his job so much easier because he hopes that the people on the other side of the door that he is about to kick in have bought into the guns are bad bumper sticker logic and he and his friends as they storm into your home hope that all the hollywood celebrities who emotionally guilt us into disarming ourselves have been successful and at two thirty in the morning when danger strikes suddenly and without warning he further counts on The vision of the tear-streaked face of President Obama having influenced danger's victims to be sitting ducks for fear of hurting the President's feelings. All these things I want you to keep in mind as you hear this story, our last story of the year 2016, because as we move into 2017, we can be assured that danger and those who want to, you and I, disarmed, will not rest and will not take a vacation, and neither can we?
5: Two people are recovering after an attempted robbery in North Lubbock overnight. Police say several people tried to break into a home in the 1800 block of Bates Street around 225. One of the victims heard a knock on the door, but no one answered. Then a second knock was followed by multiple gunshots at the door getting kicked in. The victim's brother woke up and fired a shot at one of the bandits, Adrian Lee
4: Hernandez, holding him down until police arrived. Another man ran away from the home. Hernandez will be charged with burglary once he improves. If you have any information
5: on the other person, please call crime line at 741.
1: And see, it happens so suddenly. There was no time to just call the police and have them get uh, units dispatched, and have them travel through city traffic to get to this home the homeowner had to be their own first responder or this would have been a much different story and probably one we would have heard on the network news which is such an ironic thing to me that when someone uses a gun correctly and responsibly and safely peep nothing crickets
2: please keep in mind we respect the police we love them and we like what they do for us but they can't be everywhere they're not
1: omnipresent so
2: we have to be the first defense we have to be
1: all right, and now it is time for Dan's
2: commentary.
0: Say you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough
4: you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it.
2: I got this article this morning from Breitbirt News Headlines. Anti-Second Amendment Grinches hold Christmas gun turn-in. On December 21st, Hempstead, New York, kids were asked to turn their toy guns in. Now, I said toy guns. I'm not talking about the ones that look exactly like real guns that are sometimes mistaken for uh, for real guns by law enforcement. I'm talking about toy guns, toy guns like Nerf's. You know, the bulky plastic space-type guns that no one, no way, look real. These are what they're asking the kids. To turn in. They're going to give you a new toy. Well, this is headed by, I'm going to tear this name apart, I know, (laughs) Gene Sharoff, with help from the Hempstead Heights Civil Association and Mayor Wayne Hall. You know, it kind of reminds me of an old cartoon movie about this guy. He was called the Burger Meister Meister Burger, (laughs) and Uh he took away all the kids' toys. But you know what, Cheryl? The kids. Uh Uh-huh found a way yep to get toys anyway go figure and i i just don't understand i mean what's the logic
1: i don't know what the logic is but i love that Burgermeister meister Meister burger he hated toys toys. he outlawed toys right and sound just like him thank you because i've got no you get it once but you know do kids just suddenly not uh, engage in that kind of play? No, they still point their fingers just like guns, right?
2: Well, I'll do they another quote from another Pop-tarts movie. tarts in the shape of a gun. I'll give another example of another movie. It's called the Twilight Zone, where people live somewhere that's not really true. And I think what they're trying to do is they think, okay, if we can just take the, co- the toys away from the kids, then we can take the, toy- the guns away from the movies, then we can take the guns away from the books and guess what? Kids don't know what guns are. Hmm. That's what they're trying to do.
1: Well, maybe. I don't think that could ever happen because, you know, the military uses guns, police officers use guns and and that is such an oddity to me and I guess maybe that's why we're seeing so much vilification of our first responders and even the military um because if if they are the good guys and good guys use this tool of defense, um and to protect others with this tool well how does that fit in their narrative it just it screws everything up for them
2: right well me and james we have an idea yeah okay so what we want to do is all you kids that have broken toy guns put them in the closet wait until next year go to hempstead new york (laughs) and trade all your broken toys for brand new toys Thank you, James.
1: That's good. You know, and then what I'm thinking is, what are they doing with the broken? I mean, with the the turned in. So are they... They're putting them on eBay. Maybe. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking, what are we, filling landfills full of plastic guns? Are we burning them and putting, you know, toxins in the air because they're made of plastic? I mean... And then the kids are going to want more toy guns. So now the toy makers that make toy guns are going to have a booming business because the parents are going to go and rebuy the guns. It's
2: just, it, it's a silly well, it, sure. idea. Well, show? I don't understand. What did the Burgermeister Meister Burger do with the toys?
1: Uh, I think he put them in the bins. He burned them. I'm pretty sure. That was the Santa Claus is coming to town claymation or... What were those things? They're like puppets. I love yeah. those shows, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. We have got to get out on time because I want to leave you with an awesome recording of Gene Autry. Who stu- still knows who Gene Autry is? He's, He's back in the s- saddle again. Singing cowboy. And he did a great recording of a New Year's Eve leading into, I think it was from 49 to 1950. And as you listen, you'll hear how how different the world was, but yet how similar it has remained because people we just we really don't change as much as we think we're evolved but I think it's a fun recording to leave you with on New Year's Eve and thank you pray for our nation pray for our leaders pray for each other God bless Happy New Year
0: well that brings us right up to the last day of the year folks just a few hours from now the old man with the cycle will Make way for the kid in the three-cornered pants. And a new year will begin. But before we all go, I'd like to thank 1949 for being mighty generous and good to all of us. He had a tough job to do, and he did it well. It's true he's aged quite a bit. His back is bent from worrying about a few people who still think wars are the only way to settle differences. His hair has turned gray from concern over seeing folks that are starving and sick. But in spite of it all, there's still a twinkle in his eye that's full of hope for a younger coming along in 1950. And so, I'd like to propose a toast on this New Year's Eve. And first, here's to the old man. May you find joy and satisfaction in the knowledge of a job well done. Here's to the kid. May you find a better and a happier world during your reign. And 12 months hence, may you pass on to a lad as yet unborn a job made easier by the folks who lived in 1950.